Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 12. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Nate here. So I wanted to tell you a story to kick this one off. So the other day I was spending some time. So typically I watch YouTube either on desktop or on mobile. And if I'm honest, <laughs> I probably spend the most time watching YouTube on desktop. I just find it it's easier for me to access a lot of different features, a lot more things built into it. So that's why I typically use it more on desktop. But an area that I had not spent hardly any time on YouTube was on a TV. So on like a TV app. So I have an Apple TV and a few days ago, I decided to just spend some time browsing around as if I were a normal viewer on the Apple TV app. And a few things were very surprising to me. Now, I did address some of this in a mastermind I did recently, which by the way, if you, aren't, if you haven't been in a mastermind recently, I highly recommend you go to the mastermind page and sign up for a couple right now. Um, but I brought this up earlier, and that is some interesting things that I had not noticed before. So... As you all know, desktop, mobile, there, there's the algorithm, there's, there's the suggested, there's the browse, there's all of those locations. But the way that it is set up on a TV is significantly different in that they are focusing a lot more on silos, content silos. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that, it's basically a term I, <laughs> I coined to say a, a category or a topic of type of video. For example, a grocery haul. If if my video fits within that, I go to the store, I come back and I show you what I bought from the grocery store. That would be called a grocery haul. Now that's as far as I have seen them in the past or I've really dove into these type content silos. Now uh, another type of silo could be a let's play if you're doing a gaming channel. Um, so that's kind of a similar idea of what I had thought previously for a content silo. Now, what stood out to me this time was that these silos, so when you are on the TV, at least on Apple TV, you can see the, the navigation is basically you have a sort of homepage and it's new from your subscriptions, it's recommended for you, uh, and then it's people who watch this channel also watch. So it's kind of set up into these silos and you can infinite scroll to the to the right uh, on your home page, your home page on the app. But what I decided to do this time was I was gonna scroll down on this home page and just see how many silos I could find. And guys, <laughs> the types of things that started to get categorized into silos blew my mind. Things like, chicken. <laughs> I, I could you not, there was a silo labeled chicken. And when you scroll on it, it, YouTube, the algorithm, their AI had somehow determined that each of these videos had something to do with chicken. <laughs> uh, that whether it was content in it or they thought maybe the topic was addressed within the video, something about chicken. Scroll down further and there was animation. So a style that it was this this silo was a style of video that was animated rather than live action. I scroll down further, and there was grocery stores, not just grocery halls, but like grocery stores. If a grocery store appears in this video, that it fit into that silo. So it was crazy to me. First of all, do I think that's the most effective way to to navigate YouTube? N not necessarily. And I know that my current take on it is that. 
the TV experience is more of a back burner thing for the YouTube team. I'm sure they have an entire team working on it. And, and I get that, the apps on TV, if it's if you're on Amazon or, or Apple TV or, or others. I think it's a bit more back burner. So it's not as developed because significantly more of their traffic come from desktop and mobile. But they have been showing more recently that they are adding like TV or... Uh, I can't, I can't remember if TV is the right word for it, but that traffic to your analytics so you can track if it comes from one of those apps. Uh, so they've had that. and But back to this of, do I think that's a very effective way for the algorithm to be categorizing things? Not necessarily, but here's what I do take from that. They know significantly more about the video than even I realized. <laughs> if at some point they, they know that that video contains chicken in it or it's animated versus real life, or it's uh, got a grocery store in it. Or I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it so far as to saying like they could example parallel uh, silos they could do is changing a tire or uh, car repair or painting or painting with a specific type of paint or a certain type of material creating a sculpture. Like the levels of knowledge that the algorithm, or so I should say the AI, knows about our content is, I think, significantly higher than even we realize. Now is that you could go down the creepy, well, they know everything about our stuff vibe. But <laughs> I'm not going to go down that here. More, I'm going to say, look, if that level of knowledge is known about a piece of content... If we're trying to accomplish something with that piece of content, it would make sense that we deliver within the content what we are doing. So shortly within, I, this could be a potential future thing, but in the blogging space, for example, you can specifically create what are called answer targets. They're ways to win the Google snippet. So when you search for something, how much does this pair of headphones weigh or, or something like that, you can have that that snippet of text or otherwise or a list or a video that appears at the top. That's called the snippet. Uh, now, it would not make sense to me. Uh, it would make sense to me that it wouldn't be far-fetched that the same thing could happen within videos, especially if we're searching for, if it's search-based content. And if your video seems like it answers something very well, could that be taken into account? I'm talking about the content of the video, not just the title or the thumbnail, like the actual content of the video, the words used within the videos, the demonstrations done within the video, could it make sense that that might affect it? If not now, then in the future? I think that's not too far-fetched. And so with that, I don't say that to complicate your video making or anything at this point, uh, but it is a factor to take into consideration. If an AI were reading the contents of my video, how would it classify it? Is it fairly clear to an a to an ai i know if it, humans have a way of of reading between the lines and stuff but are there ways that i can show fairly clearly within the content of my video that it is answering the specific query and if there are tweaks to be made especially if you're making a search focused channel or if your pieces of content are more information based then that is something to take into account when you're creating your content when you're planning you're outlining your video how am i going to display this in such a way or communicate this in such a way that it is clearly an answer that people are looking for. So take that into consideration here. Now, this is slightly, I'm going to segue here into a thread, slightly related to what I was just talking about here. But there was a thread recently in the community here, the Project 24 community, 
asking about reaction type of videos. And the, the question was about, hey, should I start doing reaction type of videos? Uh, and there's a great conversation that happened in there. Thank you, everybody that participated in that. But I did want to add uh, my own take on this in a bit of an answer to when you would want to use reaction versus response type of videos. So at its core, a reaction type of video, the primary reasons by people watch it is either for entertainment or connection using the three channel archetypes. So a reaction, when you think about it, if, if, you, if there was a video, um, let's see here, former CIA agent reacts to CIA uh, scenes in movies, why would you watch that? When, most of the time, it wouldn't be for information. I don't know, unless you're like planning on breaking into somewhere and you want to see what they think about it. Um, so most of the time, it's not information. It's more for entertainment. Or if you know there's entire channels built around the React concept, and so it's entertainment, there's always a blend of entertainment in it. There, reaction videos always have some element of entertainment in them. But the mix between entertainment and connection depends on how you approach it and the expectations your audience have. If you gain a reputation, for example, of doing of being very interesting or having really interesting insights on things, then uh, there can be a lot of connect connection element there also because people want to watch you react to it. Even though they don't necessarily care about the subject matter or the thing you're reacting to, they still want to watch you reacting to it. Okay, So there's always going to be that kind of mix. Now, if your channel is information first, like an information-heavy archetype, then reaction type of videos, like a pure reaction, might not be the best strategy because it can feel like it comes a bit out of the left wing and like if one video is how to repair this part on a car and then the next one is reacting to a Top Gear video, it, it might be a little bit odd. <laughs> uh, so an alternate, and this is not exclusive, you can do both of these types on on a variety of channel archetypes. But an alternate is what I call a response video. And this is where your goal going into it is you're analyzing, you're looking at another piece of content similar to a reaction, but with a, but with a response, you are looking to add to the conversation or create original thought adding to the conversation that's happening. So where a reaction is primarily for entertainment, people don't necessarily care in many cases what they're not there for the usefulness of your reaction. But on a response, they definitely might be there for the usefulness of your reaction, which makes it more accessible for information style of channel. So a response is where you take another piece of content and you you respond to it. You can have some reactions and that makes that adds the entertainment factor, but you're responding to what the other creator said. If it's like another YouTuber, they they say this thing do you agree with that? Do you disagree with it? Are there parts that you disagree with or disagree with? Are there things that you think they're just absolutely wrong on? And so what you're doing is you're creating a new piece of content that adds to the content available on YouTube. This can be extremely effective for so many reasons. One is you can associate your channel. We've talked about channel collaborate or uh, yeah, collaborate. Uh, correl uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Collaboration? Correlation? Channel correlation? I think that's what I, the word I'm going for here. 
uh, with, with drafting, how you can correlate your audience with another channel's audience. You can tap into another channel's audience if you respond to their content. I mean, you can even put their title, like the name of their channel or the piece of content in the title of your video. And that makes it so if somebody searches for the other channel and your piece of content is relevant, it'll show up. So you'll get a lot of their audience bearing on your video. So there's a lot of spread that way. You also do add, because you're adding original thought, it often, uh, you'll see in the comments of response type of videos, as long as you've been civil and good about it, <laughs> you'll see that the comments are often very thoughtful. And there's usually a great conversation that will happen in the comments of your video because of the new original thought that you added to the space, which is great for interaction and spreadability. The other thing is, if you position it right, you can get on the other creator's radar really well with by using a response type of video. Now... The, the caveat here is if you position it right, right? Okay, so uh, many of you may know, I'm not going to mention the, the name or anything, but I, I had an experience several months ago where I responded to another creator on YouTube and um, I did not do my research beforehand. I'm sharing this as a lesson to you. Before you create a response type of video, do your research beforehand on that other creator and the type of content and the type of audience they have. Because what you may do inadvertently is you may open up a situation, this is probably more rare, <laughs> but you may open up a situation that you don't want to be in by creating, by tapping into their audience. Because when you create a response, they're going to hear about it. The other creator most likely is going to hear about it unless their channel is significantly larger than yours or there's a lot of people already responding to their channel. Then you could get lost in the, in the noise, right? But in most cases, if you're at least at a generally similar channel size or the other channel isn't really large enough or there aren't a lot of responses to it already, you're going to get on the other creator's radar. So... That can be tricky <laughs> if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, okay? So that's the first thing. Do your research. Now, the things I would say in explaining that is just kind of read the comments on their videos. Get a feel for how they interact with other creators. Um, are they a good player in, on YouTube? Uh, do they have, have they left a bad taste in people's mouths? Are, are, are they, do they have a history of, positively responding to responses to them. You want to do those things because unless your channel is built around kind of a controversy element, you're going to invite that by creating a response. So do your research before you ever create that piece of content. The next thing I'd say is when you are doing a response style of video, make sure that it's a piece of content that the other creator would be happy to see. In most cases, okay, so I'm going to speak in most cases first, because if your goal is to associate audiences and get on their radar and add to the conversation, create something that's original. I'm not saying don't critique it at all. Like be honest and share your thoughts on their piece of content. Share why you think this thing is good and be nice about it, right? Um, but think about it. as you're making it, always be thinking is when I make this piece of content or in the editing or as you're planning it throughout the whole process, be asking yourself, is this a piece of content that that other creator would be happy to see? And is it a piece of content that their audience would be interested in seeing? 
Because many creators, and this comes also with the pre-research aspect, many creators uh, have a lot of loyalty to their channel. And so if you come out and you start saying, you know, you start bad-mouthing them, they will get defensive. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Um, so make a piece of content that's reasonable and they would be happy to see, okay? Because if in most cases, as is the case, if your goal is to get that association and get on the radar, then you want that, okay? Um, but, so be nice about it, but add original thought. Now, I said most of the time, that's how you want to do it. If your channel, if you're positioning, this is not for everybody, it's probably more of the exception, but if you're positioning your channel as a strong voice that has enemies and very clear enemies in other channels or ways of thought, then controversy is one of the biggest attention getters on YouTube. If you create, if you start doing, there's entire channels that are built around um, calling out other creators or uh, ways of thinking, or um, it's really popular, for example, in the exposing gurus space. There are channels that their whole thing is they like interview people who, who have had bad experiences with supposed financial gurus and that kind of stuff. And so their, their whole model is built around that. And because if you, do, if you get a reputation for that, then it can be very effective. You can get a lot of attention for it. But still be, this is, this is just coming from Nate here. You can, you can be successful by being a mean person and, and just tearing other people down. That's great. But, <laughs> but my, Nate's recommendation here is still be a logical and uh, have your goal still a logical. Be a logical person and have your goal to be make the world a better place, really. I, I mean that seriously because there are people that do approach creating response type of videos and they just want to tap into the drama. I've used this examples before, this example before, but uh, the most blatant one that I've seen was somebody, there was a popular YouTuber who's in the financial space. Somebody created a video, uh, why XYZ YouTuber is a scam. They made the video. It got a lot of attention. <clears throat> but... They didn't follow through on it. If they actually had legitimate reasons why they thought they were a scam, that would be great. And, and it's adding original thought. And you would probably still get people mad at you. But it, they, what they did was they called it why this is a scam, this YouTuber is a scam. And then in the video, they basically said, I don't actually think they're a scam. They're actually great. Now, what's the problem with that? You've attracted a lot of audience from that other YouTuber. And maybe some of your already existing audience. But if you don't follow through on what you are promising with your videos, then you're creating a bad taste. You're, you're, you're destroying rapport with your audience. So uh, make sure as you're planning responses and reaction style of videos that you keep that in mind. Because it can be really easy when you get a taste of that. Oh my goodness, I can get so much attention from this. Yeah, this will be awesome. When you get that taste, it can be really easy. It's a slippery slope <laughs> to go down that route and start creating content that isn't actually... Uh, helping the world, and or creating original thought. Uh, so keep that in mind with both. Both either of those pieces of content, a reaction or a response style of content can fit. You can find ways to fit it into almost any channel archetype. Uh, responses tend to fit more in information-heavy um, channels and uh, with a secondary in connection. And reactions like I said earlier, tend to fit more into entertainment with a secondary in connection and sometimes vice versa. Okay, that's what I have for you guys today. Go forth and do that and we'll talk next time.
Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.